Shout out my nigga, he big on conspiracy R.I.P. Kelly, we feeling your spirit I had to put this shit up on the internet Cause I know they want to take it so serious I told a hater he don't want to listen He better go take up his ears Michelle Obama is a boy We don't Jamaica no tears Jiggas, I'm joking on me, don't never be serious Palestine 99 at my nigga for real Yeah, I fuck with my peers Had to make me a channel to talk about the real Cause I know they gon' hear Palestine 99 at my nigga for real Nah, I know they gon' hear Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole, Primetime99, Alex Tyne, and today we have one of the most beautiful and most lovely and special guests that we've ever even had on The Conspiracy Castle. The one, the only, she's an adult, ex-adult film star, but she's much more than that, so I don't want to define you as that. And her name is Candace Horbax, but I want to say thank you so much, Candace. It's such an honor for you to be on The Conspiracy Castle. And I forgot to turn on my light, uh, so I got to do that, and you're going to see look at my for the beginning of the show this is what i want you to look at the screen you'll notice i have sweatpants on okay and that's that i don't wear the full suit the people don't people always want to know so now you know and the people want to see my feet i'm a little bit of a foot model myself candace is I, that, see that? I mean no and i don't have socks on now but people will send chats show me your feet and i show me my i show the feet immediately it feels and why is that and you know that it's because i guess because i'm not an attractive person people aren't asking me to they've never said like show me your dick or show me your boobs or something so as soon as I say, show me your feet, I'm like, I'll, I, yeah, I'll show you my feet. What is yeah, that? Yeah, like, here you go. Why is that? Why am I, why, why do girls, and, and I'm sure sometimes you're an exhibitionist. Why are some people more exhibitionist and some people more reserved in your opinion, Candace? I think some of it is just, you know, what we're born with. I think some of it is that inexplicable that, you know, just that little piece that makes us us coming into the world. Um, I think it's an, a necessary part if that's going to be your career choice. Like you have to be more able to and be comfortable with, obviously, um, having a lot large amount of people view you in very compromising positions, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, and I'm an attention freak. You know, like I actually just recently did a podcast in a bubble bath, and I'm like, man, that's so cringe, <laughs> it's so lame. But I'm saying, I, I, I really. And pretty bashful. If I had probably some huge man meat, I might be naked all the time. But I think that I'm just don't look that great naked. I don't want to be, you know, if I looked like Adonis naked, I might be naked. But because I have insecurities, that's why I think I'm too afraid to spread my cheeks for the whole world to see. I think everyone has insecurities, though. And ironically, um, I worked a lot of mine out through my career. Like I was a lot more insecure before I went in than, um, than after my years of, of being in the industry. And I think a lot of that is you're around so many different types of bodies. And when you're with, um, 
these different people on set, you realize that no one's really attracted to all of the same things. Like everyone has their own kinks or their own or their own things that they um, particularly particularly like um and it doesn't have to be you know like this rail thin supermodel girl which is what we grew up thinking like my generation of women um and that like curves are okay dimples are okay like a real body is okay so it actually normalized bodies for me well you know it's crazy to think a, a woman with as symmetrical as a face as you and as beautiful as you are would ever even worry about being considered not pretty you know and that just shows you that everybody has insecurities and uh so you know i guess th that's a positive thing and you know and that you got out of it I, the people at home they're gonna be like oh you know a lot of the people i'm a truther this is a conspiracy castle i'm i wear a tinfoil hat i'm like consider myself a 9-11 expert and an expert in the 1969 through 1972 apollo moon landing missions that were provably false so uh, do you know anything before we get into you let me get into a little bit about me but do you know anything about the moon landings uh candace no, I don't. I know that obviously there are groups of people that still say we never went and there's groups of people that say we went. I have no opinion. I I have no opinion. Okay, well, let me just give you a little spiel. Sure. Right? I do debates all the time, you know, about this. And I, like I said, I'm a NASA expert. So NASA, and after World War II, the Germans didn't necessarily, this is a big conspiracy, didn't necessarily uh, lose the war. You know, they say Hitler killed himself, but like a lot of people say they went to, you know, South America and Central America and hit out. And after the war, there was a thing called, follow me, Operation Paperclip. And what we did is we got the, and this is all declassified, we got the top engineers in Germany, the top rocket scientists, a guy named Werner von Braun and a team of SS agents, they're, they're basically their entire secret service and, you know, military genius. We got all their top people in a thing called Operation Paperclip. We let them come to America. And this guy, Werner von Braun, he moved to Alabama and he started the NASA program. This is all true. And, and Werner von Braun was a known Nazi that killed people at the, in the camps. He, they said that they would hang the slowest Jewish engineers for the day. This is, this is how evil this guy was. And like, we let him come to America. This is all true, what I'm saying right now. Come mm -hmm. to America because he was such a brilliant rocket scientist. And he built rockets that decimated Poland that killed a bunch of Polish people. And created our space program. And in 1969 through 1972, he even admitted with that technology, it wasn't possible. He even said that we didn't have the rocketry to go to the moon, but they still went with a mission. So... Let me tell you and other stuff that did market. So the fact that it was started by a Nazi guy that, you know, would know how to lie more than anybody and knows propaganda. I mean, they have the, the textbook. They created the textbook about propaganda. Sorry, I'm talking so much about the moon lady. I'm going now. So then I have to tell you this other part. And then I say, no, no, I'm, I'm interested. Go well, on. I have to tell you, and other than the, the fact that all the guys went to the moon are all Freemasons and, you know, and the fact that, you know, Stanley Kubrick was involved and he basically, you know, admitted to it before he died. But I don't even want to talk about this. This is for me. This is my biggest red flag and they literally snuck golf clubs to the moon and played a round of golf i don't know if you know that you don't know anything about the moon and they were able to <laughs> take out a, a a car on the moon and drive it around and like if you see a picture i don't even want to pitch pull up a picture of the lunar lander because it's just so laughable actually now i have to become a picture of the lunar lander oh my gosh now that i'm on my loon and now i'm on the now i'm on the moon mission debunking okay moon lunar lander let me show you this thing Okay, so this is the biggest joke of a of a craft in the world. Let me let me pull it up for all the people at home so they can see it. Uh, and then let me share the screen. Okay, so this is what they say. And this is a good picture. This doesn't even do it justice. 
on how bad it, it was, Candace. So basically, these guys, you know, they're able to take this thing. And if you can look at it, you know, it's like it's foil. And somehow under underneath here, they were able to take out a car and drive around. So you see this thing and mm-hmm. it's it's laughable. I mean, that's foil. This is a good picture. This is like a respectable picture. I mean, there's just some of these pictures are just and they tell, you know, they this is a real picture. This is a real picture of, of, of they say, of the lunar lander. I mean, that that is literally space tape. Uh, but because the pictures are so bad. And so listen, so everybody's seeing this. We were able to go on the moon. And in the moon, we didn't even have batteries, the same technology whatsoever. We had less technology than a cell phone, than a, a TI-83 calculator at this time. Computers were the size of bedrooms, the size of, of office rooms, excuse me. And look at you to look at all this stuff. They were able to film it. They were able to get back. Nobody died, this and that. But on the surface of the moon, this is what they tell us. They tell us on the surface of the moon, it is 200 degrees Fahrenheit in the sun and negative 200 degrees in the, in the shade. And it instantly changes 400 degrees. And that these suits that these astronauts had, which we, re, we can't recreate today. They admit that they destroyed all this technology and it's a painful process to build it back up again. That's their exact quote. But this is the whole thing. Those suits that had these ele- electronics that could do something that we cannot do today, that could change instantly in 400 degrees, which would be so many applications we could use here on Earth. I mean, to fight fires, if we could have that, if we could use that same suit here on Earth, but we can't. They destroyed it. When the astronauts got back to do their press photos from landing, and they're all cutting cake, you can see the photos. First of all, there's press conferences where they're like really sad. But multiple astronauts, and for me, this is what pisses me off, multiple astronauts Hands were so sore that some of them couldn't cut the cake. They couldn't hold their stuff, and they had sores on their hand. This is multiple astronauts, and these are in the later missions. So they have the best suits in the world, but they can't even get the thumb mechanism to work. And a guy wrote a book all about this, a wagging the moon doggy. He's, he's just one of, one of the best truthers ever, Dave McGowan. Just the fact that they can do all this stuff, but they can't even make the glove work. It just shows you they're a bunch of retarded idiot liars, Freemasons. And so that's my long story short. So, yes, I'm an expert in uh, conspiracy moon landing, and I'm also a geocentrist. I don't think we live on a spinning ball. So people really think I'm crazy when I tell them that. So do you think we're on the Earth is flat? Is yes. that the same thing? Yes, it is. But I don't like saying that because there's not flat because, you know, there's hills, there's valleys. You know, that's a misrepresentation. A lot of people... There's a thing called the flat Earth Society that actually creates disinformation on what the Earth really is. So you're like, how would be the Earth? How would the Earth be flat? And you're like, well, let me tell you this: over large bodies of water, we know it to be flat because we can see too far. We can see lighthouses from so far away. We can see mountains from so far away. You can actually see the entire skyline of Chicago over Lake Michigan. And the Earth, do you know how big the Earth is around the equator? I do how, not. Okay, it's supposed to be twenty-five thousand miles around the equator, around like the belly. The, the farthest part. So how fast would you guess it would have to spin? I have no idea. If it spins one time a day, that means it spins roughly 1,100 miles an hour. Okay. okay. And then so guess how fast we orbit the sun. How fast? 66,600 miles an hour. Okay. And then listen to that. As we're orbiting the sun, we're moving in concert with all the other planets. 1.4 orbiting the sun while the sun is going in the Milky Way galaxy is going 1.4 million miles an hour through the ever-expanding universe of space. But every single night, you can see Polaris, the North Stars, in the same spot. It doesn't make sense. It, it, you know, it's laughable what they tell us. They tell us the sun, moon, and stars. They tell us they look at a telescope, and through a mm-hmm. telescope, they can tell us the temperature of a star. 
that's the dumbest thing. They don't know what the star is. The star, this is the thing is this is what the biggest lie is. You're like, oh, Alex, you're a flat earth. Flat earth is so it sounds so dumb. But that's because <laughs> they teach you as a kid. That's the first indoctrination they teach you is that you live on a spinning ball, but it's done in a more sinister way. It's a similar lie to evolution, Candace. They want to make you think that you and I evolved from pond scum, that we're a cosmic accident and that nothing matters and that you are just an accident because what they're really trying to do, and I'm not a Bible banger. I don't even go to church. I, I mean, I believe in God. They want to hide the existence of the creator. They want to make you think that there is no God. Your life doesn't matter because that way you're more controllable. And that is like where it gets, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy. But people are like, why would they hide the shape of the earth? They're like, I know satellites. You look into satellites. They're on balloons. NASA is the biggest, uh, you know, producer of helium. There's just every answer for every question that you have can like that. And for me, I hate it. I can't even go around telling people I'm, I'm talking to the hot babe <laughs> telling her I'm a flat earther. I feel like a simp. I feel like a little bitch. But yes, that is who I am, and it's a it's a, it's a hard scarlet letter to wear. Um, you well, know. I also have a scarlet letter. So exactly, we're so we're kind of similar. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. so, but we talk about all that. But this is the head. The, all the freaks in the truth community. Some people have this thing where um, pornography is bad and masturbation is bad, and I and I tend to agree with them. But I look at porn and I still masturbate. So I I feel kind of a hypocrite to say not to do that. You know, so where do you fall on that? And, the, and the, I mean, because you're not coming from a conspiracy mindset. No, I'm just coming from ex my anecdotal experience. Um, and then, you know, obviously the literature that I'm reading and the profession, like, you know, researchers, and experts that I, I follow, obviously, with anything, there's debates on both sides and almost nothing is universally accepted. Um, but with all that, I have to ask. So, like, when you say that you think masturbation is wrong, you think like in totality or when specifically if you're watching erotica or only types of violent porn, like what do you mean by it's, I don't it's think masturbation is bad. I crank it. I'm saying, but a lot of okay. people, I think in the truth community, that is literally a thing. They say it's like, it's almost kind of gay. Some people to masturbate, you know, to, because you're masturbating to another. I'm not saying this. I'm just kind of playing mm -hmm. devil's advocate right now. What you, what I hear in the conspiracy movement, because I know like there's big guys that I, guys that I respect, like Owen Benjamin, uh, that a lot of people respect. And he's, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily anti porn, but he's like, porn is bad. I mean, you know, don't jack off. I mean, that's literally what they pre, I mean, not that he preaches that, but he says that mm -hmm. I can't say that. Cause I don't want to be a hypocrite. Cause I crank my, I don't do it all the time, <laughs> but I still beat my me. What am I going to do? I'm a man. I got to release some toxins every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's bad. I think it's almost kind of healthy. Uh, but some people in the conspiracy world will say it's bad. What do you think? That's so interesting. Um, I, I obviously, I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with masturbation period. I think it's like a very normal and healthy, experience that everyone is supposed to have and i mean it's it's been linked to better like emotional regulation um some people will say oh well you should be able to regulate your emotions without having to masturbate but we we turn to other alternatives or anything external to regulate anything right we have caffeine we hydrate we sleep like there are natural rhythms of our body that we're supposed to be paying attention to and i don't think that sexuality is supposed to be this thing that we've moralized i think it's just part of the in intrinsic nature of being a human i think that we're here part like almost entirely for sexuality right like every species is here to procreate so to sit there and say that this thing is wrong it doesn't really make sense because if sexuality is wrong if it's shameful if it's bad 
then our entire species would go extinct. So you can say, okay, well, masturbation isn't for procreation. No, but it's part of a healthy, um, functioning sex, like sexual, um, sexuality, right? So the, the, one of the most misleading conversations is that it leads to like ED. That's not true at all. Like that's, <laughs> that's a very loose erectile argument. dysfunction for the people who are like, what is ED? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I, so just, that makes it one point. You know, that I must have kind of weird issues because sometimes girls have said, hey, let's watch porn. And I kind of feel insecure to watch porn when I'm having sex. Like, you know, so that's kind of maybe it does kind of cause ED in that sense. Like, I don't like to have other porn while I'm having sex. I don't like that. Well, yeah, that's and that's like, that's a, just a personal preference, yeah. right? But I think the argument that people are making is that if you masturbate too much or if you're watching porn too much, that it will create an actual issue, right? An actual dysfunction. And that's, that's not true. And with, with women specifically, um, there's a sex researcher, Dr. Nicole Prouse, and she just uh, posted an article that with women that masturbate and watch porn, it actually improves their sexual function. Um, so we're learning more about it. It's not highly funded because we're still super puritanical and we can't really talk about sex, let alone fund it. So there's very few people that are doing real research on it. But yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to masturbation, totally healthy. I mean, anything in excess is bad, right? So too much water can cause inflammation of your brain don't want to do that um so too much wanking also a problem um and then when it comes to pornography i mean like that spectrum is so massive so if we're talking about regular erotica i think that's great wonderful it can be great for couples um it can be great for just single like for just solo experiences i think once you get into the more extreme types of pornography like i'm not okay with those types of scenes but i also don't believe in censorship so it's like well where's that line and then that's like a whole other conversation so i don't think that you can compare a very tasteful um you know, vanilla scene to something that's like super violent and kink. You can't call those the same type of material. So when you say it's pornography bad, you have to be a lot more specific. Yeah, but you know, you're right about the specificness of it because there are some videos out there that are just disgusting that are, I guess right. they meant to almost break the girl, I guess, almost yeah. get them out of the business. Um, and so so how do you get in a situation, you know, you don't have to talk about your personal one or what what was the scene that broke you there that said, I'm done with this or were you even broken like that? Because I heard that a lot of people have something to prove like Candace, like when you got into the business, the reason why you take a lot of the grief is because you want to prove that you're tough. That definitely exists. Um, there's definitely certain extreme performers that they constantly try to outdo each other and see how much their physical body can take. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't know the performers well enough to, to say whether or not they're <clears throat> making that decision from like a healthy place or from maybe a hurt place. I could only obviously make assumptions. Um, me personally, I've never been an extreme performer. I don't, I don't see certain behaviors as healthy. And I don't think that broadcasting them to millions of people is also healthy. Um, so those are my personal choices that I've made, but I've definitely seen the adverse consequences of people that decide to take that path. But a lot of it comes down to, you know, authenticity and your own agency and whether or not you're going to say like, yes, these are my boundaries and you need to respect them. Or if you're going to buckle because you want to be famous or like the, the award for like the raunchiest performer, all these meaningless things, you know, and, um, 
You know, but they're kind of funny because those awards at the time, like I grew up watching Howard Stern, the AVN, those are big awards. Those do actually mean something at the time. And you know that. But the problem is that now they're in the conspiracy world. They say the business of porn is bad, which it is, because, you know, if you yeah. watch one of the one of the and I hate to, you know, pump up Netflix, but Hot Girls Wanted. It's a good documentary. And it talks about the exploitation of amateur girls and that mm-hmm. the system really basically the main girl that does porn does it one two scenes max mm-hmm. um and so it really is kind of a chew you up and spit you out business so how were you able i guess to overcome that and and why didn't you fall victim to the one and done uh situation candace i think there's so many factors at play when that happens right so um a lot of it is going to be luck and i know that's an answer that a lot of people aren't going to like but there there's luck with everything there's timing with everything and um, I would say a lot of it as well was just how I was raised. Like I come from a cop family. I'm naturally like a pretty disagreeable person, especially for being a woman. Um, I don't have an issue with setting my boundaries typically. Like obviously there have been cases where that has where I've been in compromising situations and maybe I felt a little bit like pressured or things like that. Um, but. I mean, I could, it could have very easily happened. So when I first started shooting my, one of some of my first scenes were in Florida and that Florida is like notorious for having like really bad companies. And I had an agent, this is very loosely defined agent. (laughs) And these are the people that set you up and often they're stealing the girl's money. They're sending you to people that maybe aren't vetted, all of these things. Um, luckily he was sending me to very prominent companies. So I wasn't going to like these really weirdo, like a lot of the companies that were highlighted in that hot girls wanted. I never had to do that. Um, but he started doing things like not showing up to pick me up from the airport, not having like, they're supposed to be model houses when you first get started. And it's basically a house in the valley with a bunch of porn girls and you're renting out your room because it's cheaper than a hotel. Um, like that not existing. So all these red flags. So I just dumped him immediately and then just kind of started, um, taking my, my bookings in my own hands, which thank God. Um, but I could easily see it where if you're naive and you're over trusting and you let these agents kind of, um, dictate what your worth is or, or do the the background research on these companies for you instead of doing it yourself. It could be very easy to end up in a situation that, you know, changes your life. Well, I know why you're successful is because you're very attractive. You're very pretty. I think that's why you're probably lucky. Um, there's a lot of pretty girls, though, you know? That's true. But they listen, there's 7 billion people. I mean, we need more pretty girls. I mean, I, <laughs> you can never have enough pretty girls. I really, and I'm not even saying that like perverted. I just don't think there's like... Oh, we don't have enough pretty girls. Like, I know there's a lot of it girls or whatever, but really nowadays, everybody's a micro niche celebrity. I mean, on the internet, I mean, I'm basically, I'm not saying I'm a celebrity whatsoever, but, you know, I have an audience like, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. There's enough individualism now. I think a girl is as big as you. We don't have to compete anymore. Mm-hmm. You have an you have an outlet now where you are the means to your own production. You can, like your YouTube channel, which is linked in the description. Everybody needs to go uh, uh, if, subscribe right now in the description to the YouTube. But I'm saying, you know, there's nobody that can stop you from your means of your production, and you're so pretty that it doesn't matter. It's not just because there's another pretty girl. It doesn't mean I don't want to look at Candace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And obviously looks play a huge role into it. But um, I think a lot of it, too, like, I mean, I was lucky enough. I had the same guy that I was dating throughout my career. We're now married. Um, so, I mean, like he helped me stay very grounded. He helped me. 
I don't know, like vet certain companies. He just helped me from misstepping a little bit more. Well, we have to talk about that now. Yeah, and sure. I hate I hate to say this because you know Jack Murphy's in the news. Are you familiar with Jack Murphy? He's like Yeah, so he did my podcast recently and everyone's telling me to Google him and I don't know what happened. Um it, so I'm not up to speed. Okay, so I'll tell you the story. So this is a controversy is that he like, you know, and I don't follow his I'm I'm hearing this all, you know, on the back end, but you know, he's an interesting guy. Um, but he has a big following, but his whole, you know, shtick is that he's like a giga Chad alpha male kick ass, you know, ultra masculine man. And it came out in 2017 to make money. Him and his girlfriend his now fiance did chatterbait, which, you know, for donations. And in this stuff, he did a lot of, he even, you can go look this up. He talks about it. He calls himself hetero flexible. And he does stuff in his derriere. He does very non-giga alpha chat. And then also he lets other guys sleep with his wife. And he talks about, you know, liking that. He talks about, you know, being a cuckold, basically, and how much he likes it. And this is totally, he wrote an article about how it's like a freeing experience for him. And he's getting grief. And really, I don't think he deserves that much grief. That's If that's his thing, who gives a crap? But I think they're mad because... He in his uh, in his own words, he always kind of now makes mm. fun of cucks or whatever. But he could have changed his opinion. I mean, anybody's allowed to change. You're allowed to change. So he's just right. he the cover he's doing for us making him look even worse. He's like if, uh, blocking his tweets. He just make himself look way more guilty instead of just owning up to it and saying, "Yeah, I did some weird stuff for money, or whatever." You know what? What was the last part about blocking tweets? <laughs> like he made all of his tweets protected. Because, you know, and he's just, oh, really? He, yeah, he's like basically went into hiding, which is weird because he runs huh. this thing. He runs this thing called like the Luminal Order that supposedly has like 20,000 members that pay like a hundred bucks a month or something. So like, yeah, he, and like a bunch of people are leaving that. But I mean, he still has followers in there and he's like going, mm-hmm. he's going MIA instead of just facing the music and owning like all you got to do is own up to it and say, yeah, I did this. And I mean, you can see <laughs> the videos and stuff. Yeah. I just I don't know why he's 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 running cover. So what was your experience with him like? I think I mean my experience with him was great. I think that he had a great message for men, which is um, you know contribution, community um, principles, showing up for you know your loved ones, being a pro- like the traditional provider. I don't see anything wrong with that messaging. Um, and then when it comes to like, so here's the thing: when it comes to sexuality especially with men and you mentioned you know like doing things that are maybe not so traditional traditionally masculine if a woman is doing anything to your body as a man how can that be conceived as as gay do you know what i mean like i I would say that you're not like you need to explore something a little bit deeper as to why you're not comfortable with your body because that's what it sounds like to me it's not it's not a gay straight thing it's like you're not comfortable with your body um, and a lot of us weren't taught how to, to look at and feel and what that means. Like I didn't even know about masturbating until I was like 16. I had no idea yeah. that girls did it. No clue. Um, one of my girlfriends introduced me to the concept and I was like, I can't do that. That's like, that's for boys. And I was so uncomfortable with the idea of touching myself. Um, I know that's crazy because obviously like, whoo, a couple years later where I, where I wound up. Um, you're a late starter, but so many girls masturbate, you know, you know, people don't realize that's not taboo at all. I mean, every girl does it, you know, I know we just don't talk about it, you know? So for me, it was such a foreign concept. So yeah, I don't think that that makes him any less masculine. And then when it comes to letting people, you know, sleep with his wife, um, if that's true or not, I don't know, but it's true. He wrote multiple. I think it's true. He did. Yeah. He wrote articles. Now it's confirmed. He just, it was before he was well known. 
Okay. So I don't, I think that there's two, I've met multiple men that, you know, like that's like their lifestyle with their couples. And there's the traditional cuck, which is like this very beta man and they get off on being small and um, having like another man kind of take their, their partner. And then I've met men that, you know, what I would assume is how Jack is about it, um, which is, like there is like the sexual fascination and erotic sensation that you get from watching that. It's not necessarily from being made small. And I would argue that it does take a very like strong, confident man to be able to allow that to happen and not let it negatively affect the relationship. So when I use my own example, my husband doesn't like get turned on by it. So it's not like a sexual thing for him. For him, it was like, I love this woman wholeheartedly and I'm not going to be the one to influence her decisions. If that's what she wants to do, I'm going to let her follow her career and I'm going to stay here so long as I'm okay with everything. Right? So he didn't want to be controlling over me and my body and my decisions. And he was honest. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to react to this. This could end the relationship. Right? But I love you and I'm here for the ride and let's see what happens. And then, so it was more of like, just like a, the most ultimate support and like the ultimate confidence and like the most ultimate loyalty from his end. It wasn't a sexual thing for us. Yeah. I mean, I can see how you say that is that's almost alpha male in itself. I could never do that. I'm a jealous baby back bitch. I would be like, no, (laughs) but you know, and because I mean, I don't even really like it when I go on vacation and and uh, I went to a nude beach and, and, and Cancun. And this girl got mad at me because I wouldn't get naked. She got topless. <laughs> I wouldn't get naked. I was like, I don't want to get naked. And so I, I, and I hated it. I didn't like that she was topless. So I'm a bitch. I can't. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I, so maybe I am a little uncomfortable. And, and, you know, I kind of, I will admit it. Like, uh, my parents got divorced at a young age. Like, I kind of have mommy issues maybe a little bit. So maybe that's why I'm like protective. Like I'm super, I think that's maybe why I'm like, if I'm dating a girl, she's not a mom, but you know, I want to like, cause I don't have any sisters. I'm an only child too. So I feel like the girls are very delicate, sweet. You kind of got to, I don't know, not that I'm sure your husband it takes delicate, sweet care of you. I'm just saying I'm a jealous type. Uh, and, and, uh, that's just, I could never do that. So I applaud, I applaud your husband for having the ability and, and, was he allowed to do other stuff while you were doing that or was it was it a Yeah, that street? was that was a conversation we had cuz I wanted it to be fair and I'm was the most jealous person you'd ever met on the planet. Like that was a serious muscle that I had to work out because um in the beginning there were a lot of fights and just a lot of like soul searching and trying to understand your principles and like why you think the things that you think and you know what shaped those belief systems and yada 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 but um he had maybe twice in the entirety of that arrangement. And he was like, it's not, I don't want, I don't want to do it's, that. And it's way harder for him than it is for you. It's way, it's, I even if you say, oh, he's a good looking guy because he was so many girls. I don't care. Still for every guy, it's kind of, I mean, it even can be the most confident. It's still, I mean, I can get laid, you know, every once in a while. So I know it's possible, but it's, this is another thing is when a guy's in a relationship, girls want to sleep with him more. Do you believe that? Oh my God. Yeah. People see his ring and it's like a magnet. And I was like, what is the matter with you? But I guess the idea behind it is that someone had already vetted them. So their husband material. So the other, you know, lazy chick doesn't have to do the work. Yeah, but oh my God, I know so many girls that have married so many dopes just to get engaged, <laughs> just for the ring. I mean, oh my gosh, if that's the vetting process, give me a break. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's and see, Candace, the- you found true love because you've been you've been with your guy for a long enough time. It's like mm-hmm. it, that's hard to find. I'm a single guy. I've had a lot of you know. I'm a I'm a you know serial monogamous, but I really lately I haven't been dating that much just because I'm just uh, uh, really I I don't want to get all low vibration. I lost my mom recently two months ago. I've been a wreck, so I can't even get in a relationship. Even though a lot mm-hmm. of girls have been very receptive to me lately, it's weird how they can tell I'm like injured or wounded or we're emotional creatures yeah Yeah, i can tell a lot of girls have been very nice but i i just i can't bring a girl right now into my hell of like you know depression but i'll be fine it's just i just need some time to you know work Mm -hmm. through that but what i'm saying is like dating is so hard and so you haven't really had to date in this day and age because you've been in this relationship so long thank god i talk about that all the time especially to some of my single girlfriends or we talk about younger girls so i've been with my husband now for over 11 years um so way before you know we had the desktop do you remember that hot or not desktop website? oh yeah it was hot or not was like com, wasn't it the very oh, early yeah. version of tinder but like you didn't actually meet up with the person you, you couldn't just like, you yeah. had no connection to them right no, just yeah, judging yeah, yeah. people that's yeah. all we had yeah. so very different like you had to do face-to-face dating you couldn't do extensive social media research before you went on a date like there was no all past history and tweets from five years ago that you had to somehow defend um so yeah i don't know how i would do it. and especially if i was like in the middle of my career I, like that obviously would have had a serious negative impact on my dating pool so um yeah i'm i count my lucky stars every day yeah the dating is so sterile now i mean you're looking at like a screen and judging a person you know by you know their attributes so you can't really meet the person for them themselves because there's so many mm-hmm. people that are like just because they even have a different political viewpoint like that they put on there they might not even necessarily mean that, you know, I mean, it's just, it's in this day and age, you know, in the digital world, it's, I think it's almost making us more divided instead of getting us 100%, together. 100%. Yeah, I, I know the dating apps. I, I just, I, I, when I down, downloaded one about a week ago, just to look and I was on it for two days and I was like, no, this is so low vibrational. It sucks. It's just, <laughs> even when you connect with the girl and then you say something stupid and they disconnect with you and you hadn't even gone on a date with them yet. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm already getting digitally rejected. That's a no, fuck this. I'm done. I quit. I can't, I can't do it. I mean, and, and like, I just dating this day and age too is so hard because everybody's like addicted to their phone. It's just hard to, it's easy to meet new people too when you're even in a relationship. So it's hard to, like, like I'm saying, I've had a lot of relationships. It's kind of hard to, and I'm kind of nervous about getting married. Are you, were your parents divorced? What was your, uh, my parents, yeah, my parents, my parents were divorced. Um, his are not, I definitely was nervous. I mean, just even the national statistics, it's not promising, right? It's like 50, 50, 50. Um, but to me, I think marriage is, is super important. I think that that's the whole purpose of dating somebody. I have like very traditional views when it comes to that, surprisingly. Like I'm this enigma of, of belief systems, I suppose. You seem very traditional. I mean, you did some adult stuff, but did you, when you were doing the adult stuff, did you feel like an actress though? That's what people don't realize. I'm an actor. I've been in commercials and stuff. And mm-hmm. so when, you know, people don't realize, even though it's a porn set and you're with a naked guy, there's still a camera there. There's still like, mm-hmm. a, a, you yeah. know, lights. And so you do, you are acting. So, you know, yeah. so it, it is, it is an art and people are gonna say, oh, it's not an art. It is. There's some it is. It's the oldest it. form I, of art. I agree. Cave, yeah. Cave that's drawings, baby. 
so you're an artist. So did you feel yeah. like artistic? Did that kind of, you know, override some of the, I'm getting rammed really hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely, t- like, there, it, it depended on the scene, right? Like, there were definitely companies that had a more artistic and, like, cinematic approach to, to filming. And those were always my favorite. Most of my career was actually with a company that we only did big pictures. So everything was, you know, like a parody. We did Kill Bill. We did Star Wars. We did all these things. Um, so there was acting. There was, co- like, 14 hours of body paint, like all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, so when I did those scenes, like I 100% felt like I was, you know, making entertainment, like that's art. You can't, art, you can disagree with it. And a lot of times the best art is controversial, right? It does make a lot of people feel a lot or a lot of things. Um, so I 100% think that, that that was that side of that, that industry. But then there were also the scenes that were, you know, like a gonzo POV, like I'm yeah. just here to do this one thing. And that for sure, I like had a different vibe about it. And I did not feel like I was contributing to anyone (laughs) other than (laughs) just raunchy entertainment doing that. But um, yeah, I think it can absolutely be art. Well, one of my good friends, I taught Haley Borden and she was from, she's from Tyler. I'm from Dallas and we met, I lived in Los Angeles after I uh, graduated from uh, LSU in Baton Rouge. And I lived there. And and since we knew each other uh, before we had mutual friends, and her favorite movie she ever did. And now I guess it sounds so perverted now, but she always talks about it like she talked about it before. And I knew her when she did it. She did the Hannah Montana triple X and she was, you know, Miley Cyrus or whatever. And say <laughs> treated her so nice. I remember she's like, oh, they picked him up in a limit. You know, it's for with the biggest, she worked for some, she had a contract, for, but that movie was especially a high budget movie for whatever reason. And she just mm-hmm. talked about how that was her favorite. I was like, what's your favorite movie? She loved that movie. She would talk about that. If she talked, everything else sucked. She liked in that movie because she got to, you know, so it's funny that art stuff, if it was more artistic, you know, that would, that would make it better. So I actually kind of respect that. But the thing is you watch the movie Boogie Nights. And that's basically what the whole movie of Boogie Nights is, is about how it goes to the digital age where now it takes away the artistry because you don't have to put as much effort into making it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of that is because that's what the consumers are demanding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you can spend $50,000, which is nothing when you compare it to mainstream, but $50,000 on a porn movie and you're going to get like a pretty minimal return because it's such a niche, right? Like someone who's watching a Star Wars parody, like that's very niche. I thought it was great, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to everyone. Most people want to feel like they're watching a homemade movie or that like the movie is made for, for them specifically. They want right? POV. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, that's, what I enjoy. I mean, it is weird that that's, and that's, you can't, that's not that high budget of a shot to do that. I mean, it is hard. No, it's, it's, you yeah. need an iPhone. That's exactly. It. Yeah. So <laughs> the means of production. So, so, but Candace, do you have an OnlyFans? Do you have a, do you, so you still, do you still create uh, adult content yep. today? Oh, so yeah, I that you're not an adult. Sorry. So you're still, it's solo. What is it? Solo? Not solos. Yeah. It's solos. It's not anything that it used to be um so i'm a lot tamer in my my older years but yeah it's there's still there's still content well see that proves i was talking about your insecurities you are a confident you know woman because like i grew up idolizing jenny mccarthy and pamela anderson all those girls Mm -hmm. they did playboy so there was a time it's cool to be a girl and be naked that's not that Mm -hmm. big a deal you know uh I so, don't think so. No, I love it. And, I mean, even if it's just softcore nude pics, come on, that's give me a break. That's not that big a deal at all. And mm-hmm. you've already been naked, so give the world what they want. That's just me <laughs> being a perv. I'm saying, you know, you, you have to. You obviously, you control it, but you know that stuff is is not. It's like, like I said, it's like Jenny McCarthy. It's like Carmen Electra. It's what all the coolest, biggest girls did at the time. That's just, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a beautiful woman, why hide it? You know, our physiques 
there's very few people that have that symmetrical, beautiful face that people like to look at. So why hide it if you, you know, if you got it? Well, because there's that there's still that narrative that your body belongs to your husband, even if you don't have one yet. (laughs) So you have to hide it until you get one. Then it's just for him. And I don't think obviously that model works for most people. And that's wonderful. But if you're one of those outliers that, you know, like you have that performer in you or you have that entertainer in you, and then that's something that you're comfortable with. I don't think that we should demonize those people. I agree a hundred percent. And guys, like that's all these people want to be like, you know, freedom, this freedom, that, you know, people should have a freedom, you know, we should be, you know, that's the thing is we like want to judge. Everybody wants to judge. Oh, you shouldn't do this, but it's hard because your perspective and our perspective, you know, we don't have the same perspective. If you're, you're standing across the room from me and I draw a six, I always, it's going to look like a nine to you or vice versa. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, we don't, because people are like, oh, I'm a real Christian Catholic person. I would never get naked. I could never do that. Well, buzz off. Let me get naked and do whatever <laughs> I want. But that's what's wrong with society. We're so divided. So what do you think is going on like with the world today? And what do you think some of our biggest problems are, Candace? Uh, with like, you know, I know we're going from a lot of different directions, but like, oh, what is the collective consciousness of society? They call it the zeitgeist. And you can tell right now we're in this like terrible place. Everybody's so divisive. So like, what do you think is, is our biggest problem right now in the world? I think our biggest problem is othering everybody, right? Like, so I think it's very easy to do behind a screen and so much of us, so many of us have been forced to, that's to be that for that to be the only way to communicate with everyone, right? Like we're certain places are locking down again. And this is, we're going into our third year of this whole thing. So I think when you take away that person to person interaction, like it's easy to forget the humanity behind the screen. And it's a lot easier to be cruel to somebody. And it's a lot easier to highlight the differences. So like things that never would have mattered before in relationships are like the thing that's that that's making them crumble. So it's like I voted for this guy and you voted for that. So now we're mortal enemies. And it's like, well, there's probably life experiences that make you see the world that way and make you vote a certain way. And maybe like we should be leading with curiosity instead of just judgment and we would be a lot happier for it. But um, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is also not having any amount of tolerance for anyone else, which I mean, I think a lot of that too stems from just like poor social skills and isolation and digital age and yada, yada. But um, it's like, unless you fall in line ideologically, like you get cast aside. So for someone like myself, that becomes a huge problem because I don't fit into any bucket, right? So the people that are most accepting of my career have a lot of crazy other opinions that I don't, that I don't agree with, right? And then a lot of people that I do align with as far as principles go, don't accept my career. So I don't have a welcoming home when it comes to like uh, politics. So when it comes to something like picking a school for my son, like this has been so stressful as of late for us. It's like, I don't know what to do because there's no winning. There's no winning where I'm at right now. Everything is either so woke and it's like, I don't want to put him there or it's, I have to put him into a religious school and that they might not even let him in because of who I am. So it's like, what do I do? Why, Why do we have to all fall in line? Like, why can't we accept and even like, appreciate our differences especially differences of thought that's how we learn yeah i didn't even think about that you know it's they're going to be judged by you know schools like that so are you in california where are you i'm in north carolina but it's super blue it's really? super blue yeah you think but you think people that are super blue and liberal should be the ones that you shouldn't be giving you any issues um with schools and uh judgment you know people want to be so progressive that's the thing is they're fake progressive people don't really want to be uh progressive 
Well, so they'll they'll be okay with like my career, right? But then they're gonna sit there and teach a three year old a critical race theory. Yeah. So you know what I mean? What again? You, there's no winning. So it's either my kid is gonna be taught that he's an oppressor because he's light skinned. Um, meanwhile, like I'm Jewish and Japanese, so he's like that's a whole other conversation, right? As to whether he's an oppressor or not. But this, um, this is this is the problem, though, is that right. our school, our school districts, are you know our whole school system is based you know from the Rockefeller Foundation, and the you know these people are globalists. Literally, the people that developed our school system in the early you know. 1900s, the same school system that's you know running today. You look at those books; it's like McLaughlin Hill. Those those are the same companies from forever ago that write these textbooks. And all of those textbooks, even the one you and I had, they say, "Oh, it didn't have critical race theory." Oh, it did. It's all about furthering an agenda of the globalization of the world that we all have one ruler, and it, it really is like satanic. It comes out of the Bible, uh, chapter 11, verse 9 of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, and it talks about uh, the Tower of Babel, and Nimrod is trying to create this tower to go to the kingdom of heaven to kill God, and then God makes everybody speak a bunch of different languages, and they all went into different tribes. So they're trying to reverse engineer that by you know putting all those tribes back together under one ruler, and the school system is the number one indoctrination camp that literally doesn't teach your kid how to do anything except be a debt slave, you know, to take on a bunch of debt after college that they're not going to forgive, to basically be uh, a wage slave his entire life and to not do anything uh, other than he's told. And, and the ones that excel are the ones that follow the orders the best and regurgitate and remember them, you know, a bunch of bull crap. So that's the problem is you put your kid in any school in modern schooling and I was public schooled, but I don't think you can avoid it any way, Candace, is what I'm saying, because the system's mm -hmm. been rigged for so long, even way before we got woke to CRT. It's been rigged way before there's the CRT thing that came up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like, what do you do, you know? So we we looked in st at starting one of our own schools, and then obviously, like, I, maybe not obviously, but obviously got denied because of who I am, so now we're trying to find a workaround for that, and it's it's really, really discouraging. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of discouraging. Somebody in my chat said I'm looking green, and I don't feel that good. I think it's my light or something. I'm I don't think you look green on my yeah. screen. I know I look <laughs> a little uh, orange. I don't know. It's just what are we gonna do with these poor kids? I feel like they're the victims of all of this. What's going on? I mean, they just nobody. Everybody acts like they care about kids, and I don't want to act like I'm. You know, I don't even have any kids, but really, nobody cares. They're the ones that are being like the. The victims of this in Chicago, the public schools, they're all striking. They won't go to in-person learning. I mean, they're striking because they don't want to open. They just want to do online learning and the mayor and them uh, want them to go in person. But they're all like, no, there's not enough testing, this and that. Oh, so, my God. And they locked them out of their Google Classroom so they couldn't teach online if they wanted. So but clearly no... that's for the kids. That's it's... for the children. Exactly. Give me a break. Exactly. It's because they're all mm -hmm. mad at the teachers union. That's why they locked them out. Oh my gosh. No, you just got, you got to move. And honestly, like we, we, it sucks. We just bought a house. Um, and now I'm like, well, maybe once we finish the reno, we freaking flip that, sell it, and then look at a different state. Because I mean, I just, I don't know what else to do at this point. You're not going to change a system. It's not going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, let, let's talk about that. So like now you're in North Carolina, you moved. Uh, do you think that I mean, I mean, uh, sadly, like, I think the future is going to get kind of bleak. Like, I think there's just going to be more division and stuff, but you're in a blue place. Like, what do you kind of think is on the horizon, you know, for uh, the future with Joe Biden in the 2024? Like, what do you think is coming up for all the people? Well, there's no way he's going to run again. It just it, I don't think that they would even allow that. 
Um, that doesn't make any sense. I have no idea who they're going to pick. I don't know if they Michelle Obama. Do you think so? Maybe. I've heard that if I think if they pick her, it's going to be a tough to beat. I think I she's, think she might be a boy though. <laughs> I've heard that. I don't. That's what I they think say. She, they're the tinfoil high. I know you believe she's a girl. I think of course. she's I a know. woman. Yeah. Well, she did. You got to look at some stuff. She has a very long arm. She has a very <laughs> her 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 features from the measurement of her elbow up from her shoulder to like her wrist or whatever is very. Weird. But listen, I don't even want to get into the measurement of elbows and shoulders. I think tinfoil hat. Right I think that she's going to be a really hard candidate to be if they run her. She'll um, win. But that's I think why, she'll probably win. Mm-hmm. But I so, think that's why they're afraid to run her, though, as they say. You know, there's no pictures of her pregnant. No. Maybe she just didn't like her pregnancy bod. Well, maybe not. Maybe but, not. Or maybe they're personal. Maybe like they're just for her. They could fake pictures anyway, if that's not the only thing holding them back. I just think that she would have ran last year. I mean, she so clearly could win. I mean, these people would be mm-hmm. like, Oprah Winfrey would be like, we got to go. You know, they yeah. get every cele- – and that's the sad thing is these elections. It's just like all the, the Hollywood celebrities that, you know, control the, the media. The media is all bull crap. It's, and people that are like too dumb to realize that are just not going to, you know, just go about Well, don't business. you feel like that's like a small and diminishing group – the people that believe, you know, like these giant news networks or people that blindly follow celebrities opinions, because, I mean, if you look at even um, like a Taylor Swift, right, she got political the last uh, run and she was um, using her platform a lot to try to, you know, sway or influence Tennessee and it didn't do anything. And she's huge. She's one of the most, you know, famous celebrities in the world and it didn't do anything. No, I think you're 100 percent right. But. Like people are sick and tired of celebrities because everything's so woke, but people are also dumb. Like people are also just so easily manipulated. Like they just, there are a big, a lot of people that watch CNN. And they're like, oh my god, this is all true. This is like really what's happening because they're just so easily brainwashed. I mean, so yes, you're 100 percent right. More people are waking up. There's a lot more people awake today, and it's a lot of young people because they see like, you know, what's going on. You know, just that they, you know, kind of grow up seeing it unlike these boomers that those are the people that are most brainwashed i think the people that are like you know 60s and up like uh so i don't know i don't have a lot of hope for humanity everybody's pretty stupid uh i hope that's not true i hope that you have to have hope because if you don't have hope it's like what's the point it's like the movie Idiocracy. Have you ever seen that movie? No. What? Oh my no. God! Tonight, Candace. Okay. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's it, it, you know when it first came out, it's like a, it was a flop, but it, now it's like one of the biggest cult movies ever, and it's it's with Owen Wilson. I mean, Luke, uh, yeah, Owen Wilson. Um, no, I mean Luke. Luke, not Owen. I always get him confused. It's Luke, mm-hmm. the guy with brunette, mm-hmm. and uh, and. Uh, and he goes to the future of this military experiment, and it talks about how everybody's like so stupid. As a matter of fact, in the movie, the president at the time is an ex-porn star. That's what he's famous for. <laughs> and everybody's like so dumb they can barely talk, and like that's why he's the number one, you know, president because he's the number one porn star as well. That's like a big part of the not a big. You don't see him doing porn, but that's like his big introduction is that. And and basically, the future is we're all idiots. Like we're all like all the reason why the Earth crumbles in the future is because we're so dumb we stop putting water on our plants and start using Gatorade or what they call Brondo in the movie. It doesn't ruin the movie. You need to see it. It's a cult classic. But that movie describes like basically a social credit score. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen. I mean, we're going to be yeah. based, our, our 
We're going to give them access to our phone, browser, text message, all of our messages, and they're going to judge us by a digital score like our um, banking credit score judges our banking history. Right. But I feel I definitely see that as a possibility, right? Like that's definitely one of the arms of the future that we could take. Um, but I do have a lot of hope, especially when you see all of this stuff when it comes to decentralization and blockchain technology and the Web3 movement. I think there's a lot of people that don't want like these oligarchs at the top saying like, this is what you can spend your money on. This is what you can, you know, this is the way that you have to live. You have to show us your browser history before you can buy a house, like all of these things. You see DuckDuckGo getting really big. You see other platforms like Mines getting really big, right? Which is, um, a DAO. So like they're decentralized. Um, so basically the way that it works is like every user gets a vote essentially. So there's no censorship. So you see pushes for all of these things. And I think that it's going to be inevitable, or at least I hope that it is. Um, and if you have decentralized finance and this, you know, credit score is going to not matter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I won't fly on a plane because I don't want to wear a mask. So it's like they could, they can still make it where you can't shop online or can't bank. I think. I mean, there are always going to be stuff. You, you won't need banks. I don't think that yeah. banks are going to exist forever. Well, and I do have crypto, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just I feel like they still can restrict you somehow if you don't fall in line in the future, and that's what worries me the most. I think if you're determined enough, and then if there's you enough, you can subvert it. Yeah, I think so. And if there's enough support behind it, and I think there is. I mean, you see people buying like digital apes for a million dollars. Like, what the fuck is this? Wait, that's and mental. That's not that's <laughs> I, I'm a kind of anti NFTs because you can get the JPEG, but you just own uh, basically an address of it. I mean, you just have like a certificate of deposit. Like when you buy any form of art, it's not I don't know. I think that's a scam, but I do have some crypto. I don't think uh, crypto is a scam. I think no, not NF at all. NFTs are just a small part of that. Uh but like people trading those, I don't know. I mean, that gets all in the weeds. That's like above my pay grade. I mean, I'm just a guy, you know, trying to make it, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, not sell a bunch <laughs> of monkey pictures to 12 year olds. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's working for now. It is for a lot of people. It's yeah. kicking ass. I wish I was one of them, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that I, I I don't even want to get I just I just put a bunch of money into this thing called I'll I'll plug it here. It's called Pulse Chain or Pulse X. This guy Richard Hart. I just made my biggest crypto investment ever. So I'm kind of like I feel like congrats. I feel like a crypto hacker. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. It's an introductory deal. I mean, you know how it's all bullshit, money laundering, Ponzi schemes, probably, but. <laughs> We'll see if the money, if I make any money from it, which I've had friends make money from it, so I know it's possible, but we will, we shall see how it works. I, the, the, the jury is still out, as they say. Are you, do you have any crypto? Oh, yeah, we've got a bunch. We probably have too much. We're, wow, we're, wait, we're Candace, in, you're the crypto queen. Wow. We are deep in crypto for sure. Yeah. Does you ever get paid in crypto for any movies? No, I wish. And like, that's where I see the industry changing too, is especially with, um, the blockchains and NFTs is I think creators are going to start owning their content and there's going to be a lot more power and empowerment for the creators and these companies that are taking advantage won't be able to do it. Well, I hope you, so. 
Yeah, I mean, you are right. But you had, now that you're a crypto queen, yeah, Dirth, uh, my, David Weiss, the guy that told me the best in the coin, said PulseX, crypto future. Uh, hopefully, Candice will – you don't have to plug the coin, but maybe one day we'll be crypto buddies. We'll be. I'm going to be a crypto millionaire from this coin. And then I'm going <laughs> to buy my crypto mansion. I'm gonna, I have – listen, I have – In the in the metaverse or a real one? Both. I'm going to – yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm actually excited. So what do you think – that's that's the that's the other thing is they literally w- will use climate change – to convince people to plug themselves into a computer and live in a fake world. Mm. Uh, in that fake world, you can have a 20-inch dick or drive a whatever. You know, you can have all the stuff you don't have in the world now. And people will choose that because it'll be better than, like, the terrible world we live out here. So what do you think about the metaverse? Oh, man. I am as of now, I'm not really a fan. I love real life. I love people. Um, I think that too many of us are trying to escape reality as it is. And I think if we make it more alluring, it's just going to magnify the problem. I think it could be fun in small doses, just like playing a video game. But I think that the people designing it know all too well that it's very addictive and it's very easy um, for us to want to spend more of our time there than with our actual loved ones and having that sense of community. So I think we have to be very cautious with that. Yeah, and VR porn, now they have gloves that supposedly make you have the same sensation of feeling something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're cranking it, I mean, you might, I mean, I don't know. Why not? I mean, I might try it out just to test out the machine to make sure it's not poisonous. My dad would always eat my food as a kid and say, oh, there's no, make sure there's no poison in there. Yeah. So I want to make sure to use the VR, make sure there's no, you know, poison for the bag. Again, small doses, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I think there's small doses with everything. They say the difference between like a toxic and a tonic, uh, and a tonic is the dosage. So just be mindful. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're almost done. What do you, what do the people at home, you know, we talked about a lot of conspiracies to wrap it up. We talked about the shape of the earth. We talked about the moon landing. <laughs> we hadn't, we didn't talk about nine 11. So what do you think about nine 11? Like it, debating whether or not it was a real terrorist attack. Yeah. I'm a nine 11 expert. I don't even want to get into my whole spiel, but yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about the terror attacks that happened on September 11, 2001? I mean, I absolutely think it was a terrorist attack and I think it was devastating. And obviously, I think um, it was a terrorist attack. All right. But it was I believe that it was orchestrated by people within the United States government and the government of Israel and Saudi Arabia. And the fact that if you think it was like 19 hijackers with box cutters, no, it was way more than that. I mean, those towers were actually built uh, by the same guys I was talking about, the Rockefellers. And they actually fell down 33 years after they broke ground, which talk about 33 that's a huge occultic number to these people so that even gets i can get really deep into the woods but i don't want to i'm just saying 9 11 as the, the way those towers fell down it's impossible for a 110 story building to fall down in 11 seconds you know that thing was obviously wired with pre-explosives and then you got to look into building seven building seven was the only building not hit by a plane and the only building ever steel structure building to fall down from office fires so there's just a lot of you know, weird stuff with 9-11 that you got to look into. But I don't want to, you know, I can't sway your mind in two minutes. I, I, I know it gets deep in the woods. Okay. I'm, a cons- I'm a conspiracy nut. So, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, and I'm not a role model. Do you ever feel like that, Candace? <laughs> Do you feel like that? Like, you, you know, people look up to you. Do you feel like obligated to be a role model? Or tell me how do you feel in your own personal being? I think that there's a certain responsibility that comes with being a public figure or having a large platform. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't encourage people to put me on any pedestal or treat me like anyone else. I think the only thing I try to do is just be a better person 
every day, right? Than I was the day before. And, you know, that's for myself. That's for my family. It's not for anyone that I don't know. Um, but I definitely, I understand the responsibility and I just, I try to show up as a good and trustworthy person because of that. Well, you know, you do have a huge following. You're one of the biggest guests I've ever had on the show, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and everybody needs to go look up Candace. And I definitely, I want everybody that's on the YouTube now, there's 133 uh, watching on the YouTube, just YouTube. So go click her and subscribe to her channel and say, you know, what a beauty and what a grace she is because I, I would appreciate that. So she'll remember Thank me. So, so we'll do a show. Hopefully, you know, we can do a show in a year or something, you know, in the future when some cool thing comes up. So, man, we talked about a lot. I can't believe you just, yes, interviewed, Jack, you just interviewed Jack Murphy. You just, you know, you, you're really a grinder, a riser, <laughs> a hard worker, Candace. That's another thing is I don't think people respect your work or your hustle. I mean, I'm sure people do respect it, but I ultra respect it. Thank because, you. Because I know you've had to literally bend over backwards. Um, <laughs> And, you know, you're a crypto queen. You're a badass. So so I look up to you and I, I wish, and I mean this, I wish there's more girls like you that were free and that were kick-ass and that were, uh, you know, willing to, uh, you know, I guess own their insecurities and be themselves because that's the problem. A lot of people are not themselves. But what do you want to mm-hmm. leave the people with, Candace? Um, just thank you for listening. And if you had a good time, just go to chattingwithcandace.com. You can find my socials and my podcasts there, or you can follow me on Twitter, which is probably the platform I need to spend less time on, but I spend the most time on. And then that's fall in Lovia. Yeah, I'm a Twitter nut. Okay, now I'm going to be tweeting you and bugging you on Twitter. Tweet away. Yes, okay. All right, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all. Everybody, go follow Candace. All right, peace. See you guys.